Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. I want my land. And good morning, it's Annie Ed, the greatest little country in the world, Australian filmmaking on Showreel this morning. And this morning we're going to talk to a man who's in the middle of uh, making a documentary about homelessness. And uh, this is Trevor. Trevor Brown, how are you? Yeah, I'm great. Uh, thanks for having me here. It's uh, really great to chat. Yeah, yeah. Now, we've got lots of things to talk to you about in um, in relation to your filmmaking because uh, at the moment you're studying filmmaking, really, at uh, Victoria University, isn't it? What's it called? I'm actually in a Bachelor of Screen Media degree which is a brand new course that was only uh, fired up last year. Uh, other universities have had similar things, but VU didn't have it uh, specifically. So we're covering not just sort of traditional filmmaking, but we're going through all the new mediums. So we've covered YouTube, Vimeo, all the different platforms and things like that. It's been uh, pretty exciting. So uh, the hands-on, one of the units is about hands-on making. Well, we do various different things. We have to do stuff in the studio, um, different uh, components of it. We talked about different platforms and and all the different, uh, like what's HD and how that fits in and all the different versions of that and what 4K and 8K are going to do for the industries later on. But we've also done uh, simple things like audio work. We've done stuff for radio. So we've had to produce radio uh, components and audio is very important. What a lot of people don't understand is that the most important component of filmmaking isn't so much the the video which has to be good but the audience would walk away if the sound's not right so you have to have the sound absolutely spot on it's very emotional isn't it It carries people through exactly and i mean hollywood worked that out very early on when they had the big orchestras to to bring people up and down and move them and things like that so one of the most interesting things that they're doing at the moment which i love is they have sound of something completely different uh, and then, and we're looking at something different, right? You know what I mean? Yep. Like it's really fascinating. And the other one that's going on at the moment is uh, someone speaking, and then we go to somewhere else, and they're still speaking. Yep. And this has this huge effect on how the story is told. Yep, I do a bit of that with my the stuff I produce for my YouTube channel, where I'll have a speech or something or, or some sort of narrative being run. Um, and it's boring if you just sit it on the person talking. So then you can run it across and, the, and the, the words will link up with the images. And if you do it right, it can really um, be very powerful. Yeah, very powerful. Now, you were homeless for five years, you said. How did you get to where you are at the moment? It's a pretty amazing uh, little uh, journey. Uh, in Well, at the start of 2008, I ended up living in my small van. It was my work truck before. I ran a small IT business up in the country. 
Uh, I then had a very tough year. I come to Melbourne for four days. Uh, it's been a long four days, um, which has been great. I made a great new friends and uh, I got professional help and things like that. But I lived in my van for four years down here in Melbourne. And one of the friendships that I cultivated, uh, I'd helped a friend of mine move into her house and then I'd helped her move to somewhere else because I had the van, I could tow a trailer. And then one day she texted me one night, she said, look, do you want to uh, help me move again? I was like, oh, not again. And then she's like, oh, send me a text and said, would you, would you like to have my old room? And I was like, well, I can't afford it. And I declined. And the next day she texted me back and said, you know, are you sure? And I'd had to think about it, and I decided, no, I better, I better jump because the van was starting to have problems and wasn't going to last much longer. So, so you entered the world of uh, having a permanent address. Well, yeah, exactly. And I got housemates, which was a bit difficult to get used to, and paying rent and utilities and all those sorts of things. At the time, I was doing year twelve. I'd gone back to do year twelve because I'd never done that. Turned out I was a better student in my forties than I ever was as a kid, which was surprising. Well, actually, it's not surprising, but go on. Yeah, you yeah, can, I, yeah, you can sit still. <laughs> Exactly. I think we come in with a different mindset and, and a bit more goal orientated. Out of uh, I got my VCE, and out of that, I got offers from all over the place, um, a wide range of universities. It was a crazy couple of weeks as I got emails and texts and phone calls from all the major universities, except the one I wanted to go to, which was Latrobe, which is close to where I live. They're on a different program, but um, I ended up looking at VU, and they had. You're a just cr- so practical. Sorry? You're just so practical. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I looked at VU and they had a creative arts degree, which sort what, of interested what t- me. What took you there? Well, I, I do drawing and painting and Because that's creative. what you have on – that's what they you, – you've got this card and your card says that. Yeah. You're a freelance artist. Free, freelance writer. I've had things published in the Big Issue magazine and things like that, which has been great. Um, but, yeah, just the creative the creative field. Uh, and that's one of the things I've, – I've always looked at the world a bit different and uh, – for years, I thought I was broken, and then I realised I just I'm creative, and I just look at it different. So, uh, I like the idea of doing something like that. I didn't really know what I was going to do with it. I just thought, let's go do that and pour my energy into that. And then towards the end of that, that was in 2015. Right at right at the end, I had to do a component of digital sound and video, and I had to do a small dig, uh, video project. Yeah. And I thought of a couple of fictional things, but then I thought with all the contacts I've got and friends that would help me, why not do a small doco about the homeless? And we filmed on Was that a story you wanted to tell? Yeah, it was just something I thought, why not do something real as opposed to some fictional thing that that would, I mean, get me a mark, but would it mean something? Well, four minutes, it sounds very short, but it must have been a challenge. It was very challenging to get it down to four minutes. Um, We ended up with lots more footage than than that. It It was tricky. We just did, you know, very short things and we just got it sorted to a point. The did, other, you, did you do a story before you started or what, did you have an idea of what it was you were telling? Yeah, I did. I had, a, had an idea of I wanted to, to get a couple of people to talk about their experience and, and how important the food vans were. And it's not just about the food, it's about the social interaction, which is a lot of, a lot of oh. people don't see that. You know, they, they just see as handing food out to the homeless, but it's not just the homeless that go there. You know, people who get put into a house, they can sit in a house and look at four walls and go crazy, or they can come out and talk to mates and... That's a, another interesting component, and we really touched on that. And it was great, uh, difficult um, learning how to you – know, just the logistics of filming on a street, for instance, were, were difficult. But something went off in the back of the head, and I thought, this is, this is what I really like. I really enjoy this. So so tell me about the uh, technical side. That, I mean, it's not just the storytelling. It's the technical side. That, that got you, didn't it? Yeah, the, the, the things like, you know, we were filming at night, and 
we had reflections off cars and things like that and you look at perspective and scale and angles and and you know if you put someone here they're they're well lit and if you put them two steps away they're not we had some crazy problems we did a cracking interview on the street had the the trams and trains going past oh, too uh, loud the background no was... no 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 we had that just in the background it was, was beautiful perfect. using yeah. a lapel mic would have been would have been sweet if i turned the uh, lapel mic on oh so, um, uh, Never do that again. So I had to look at it, and Ooh. they'd done a great interview. Yeah, and, I, and see if they'd do it again. Uh, guys, how you, embarrassing! Can you it? do it again? Yeah, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> it was, yeah, but but you lived through that huge piece of. I mean, um, you're talking to a person who knows exactly how that feels. Yep, <laughs> it's all all a learning experience. <laughs> oh yeah, say that again. But you go away cheerful, and you do it again. Yeah, well, actually, that what happened with that interview was we couldn't actually do it again. There were the the girl we were interview had to leave, so we actually had to do an interview in two parts. Do you do you sometimes have nightmares about the things that got away? Mm, yeah, well, my big project I'm working on, I lost an opening scene, which um still still haunts me to the today. So <laughs> um. this is what stories are made of. But uh, anyway, you you uh, you managed to make something that was four minutes long, uh, and uh, did you? have to get uh, music or did you decide that you're going to use music or and you had to do titles and you had to do all that rubbish had had to do titles and had to do all of that and i got a little bit ahead of myself a bit because uh, i knew it was going to be up on the 23rd of october in 2015 so i did a a trailer and a (laughs) pre-release thing and told everyone go look at this but uh in terms of music i didn't know what to do i I had this thing and it was a bit bland and i I was trying to work out how i could make it better it's amazing how music changes uh people's feelings and it was great because i happened to walk through burke street mall and there was a busker there uh, by the name of reese crewman and he plays sort of a a a bass he plays a didgeridoo he had a really cracking sound yeah Yeah, i didn't know his name but i know that guy and i just happened to have a chat and say look this is what i'm working on do you mind if i use one of your songs and he said why don't you record the whole set and work out what you want and he was the first person i emailed when i got it uploaded and i said here have a look at this if you've got a problem let me know and he loved it so that and it changed the whole thing so so trevor one of your skills one of your gifts is networking uh, it's, I've been in business in different forms over the years, and I think networking is uh, very, very important. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. You're on Showreel with Annie, and I'm talking to Trevor Brown. He's a filmmaker. But uh, before we go any further, I have to ask you to subscribe. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe, the number is 94198377. You've been listening. That's right. Subscriptions, making sure that uh, 3CR continues. Uh, there's a, a price for being an unemployed person, small amount. Then there's a person who is employed. And then there's the solidarity amount. So give them a call and uh, subscribe to ensure that Showreel can continue to talk to such great people like Trevor Brown. So Trevor, 
as a filmmaker who's um, in the midst of uh, making something that's about 60 minutes long, which is, you know, that's a big ask. You, you That four-minute film that you made last year, or 2015, yep. which was part of a school project, was really the beginning of something bigger, wasn't it? It, it was, and... It was just exciting to see it all come together and see the, the finished product and the message that it can conveyed. And, I mean, I don't know how... We've had hundreds and hundreds of people have watched it, so it's and been... You, and, and that's the interesting thing. You've found yourself a platform to actually show it to people. Yeah, I've got it on Vimeo and it's all, also on YouTube and I haven't looked at the numbers recently, but, but they're you know well into the hundreds and it's been on a couple of other places as well. It's been shared on a few different things. A lot of the um, people I interviewed and a lot of the people I'm in contact with. I'm in contact with a wide range of people from organisations and and charity groups to politicians and that. And uh, they're on my email marketing list and many of them have gone and looked at it. So it's been been pretty cool. So that was just exciting to get that message across and and make them sort of see things slightly different to what maybe what mainstream media is portraying. Yeah, that's right. So, but now you've expanded this whole concept into a larger project. You moved from uh, you were doing a particular uh, uh, course work at Victoria University and then you were asked to join another stream. What was the other stream? The Bachelor of Screen Media. Yeah, and you're doing a what is it, narrative story. What, what, what's it called? Uh, the, the, for, for the big project or... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, for the big project, um, which was initially going to be for uni... Uh, and it got taken out of it, sort of got bigger and it evolved and it became too big for the uni thing because we were limited to 24 minutes. In fact, they wound up back even further than that, which was really frustrating. Like 15 minutes. Yeah, and I was annoyed because they said, well, it can't be that because students find it hard to do. And I was like, well, that's why you do it because it's hard. But um... but it, the interesting <laughs> thing is that each of these time frames makes a difference in ha- the arc that you, you're able to create. That, that's exactly what's going on, isn't it? Exactly. And when I expanded my time frame on my whiteboard, I've got a big whiteboard and I love my whiteboard in my office. It's, uh, it gets it's your friend. Yeah, it's my playground. Um, when I expanded that from 24 minutes to 60 minutes, there was like, holy smokes, now what do we do? Um, so we've had to make it more exciting and there's been components that I couldn't get. Uh, we lost our opening and then we lost our ending, which would almost seem... Well, that's a bit... Challenging, catastrophic. Yeah, it was a. <laughs> so before you started, you already knew who, what your beginning and your end was going to be. I had a pretty good Isn't idea. That fascinating. I had a pretty good idea what I wanted, um, mm. and sort of where I wanted it to go, and what I wanted to portray, and then I wanted to sort of hit some of the stereotypes that are, especially in recent time, the, the mainstream media have demonised the They're homeless. Savage. They're savage. Something shocking, and I wanted to show that there's a different side to all that. Yeah, because I was asking you about uh, uh, the thing that lots of documentary filmmakers talk about is that they uh, have characters. They create a story around characters. So tell me about that. You do, don't you? But they're not all living and breathing. No, well, we, we have a couple of reoccurring things that are going to come through the, the doco, and one of them is, a, is the ubiquitous swag, which uh, we borrowed a swag from, from uh, some community centres, some marks. And, uh, really and swags are much more interesting than most people think. I don't know if everybody knows what a swag really is, but it's a all-in-one tent uh, sleeping bag made out of Japara. It's got the outside is Japara, is oh, it? Something like that, yeah. yeah. The one we got uh, was probably the, the best one, like the one that the homeless like because uh, yeah. there's some that are cheap and nasty, nasty. And, and don't do the job. But this one seems to be a good – I set it up and hopped in it. Um, They're quite amazing. It was uh, – yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> Are, Are they, they a bit claustrophobic? 
a little bit. I wouldn't and, have that. And I think one of the the other problems that I, you know, from being in my van, which I had a fair bit of room around me, mind you, when it rained, it was noisy, and when it hailed, it was deafening. <laughs> um, it really was. I think that's why I got a bit of tinnitus now, is from my time in that. But um, it was uh, in the swag. I can only imagine what it's like, and it's a very precarious thing. We put a mate of mine in a swag at the back of Flinders Street Station, where he camped for a number of months uh, years ago. And the interesting thing that come out of that footage is just how close the public are. And, yeah. And if you think of um, people like Mouse, who was murdered in, in early 2014, um, it can go horribly wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why people have houses. Well, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> much Prote- protection and security is one element to it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I certainly appreciate that when I'm able to go out and we film and you know, we're doing different things at all hours of the night and afternoons and big days and things yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure people's uh, people need. Uh, there's a certain imagination deficit for people who don't realise that you know camping outside for a little while is one thing, but uh, actually having to create your whole world around this space is quite another. Yeah, it's it's different when it's 365 days of the year. Yeah, uh, one of the people I interviewed for my big project was a manager at one of the community centres, and she went out for two nights with some homeless people and camped and she's in the freaked park. Out. And as she said, she just couldn't imagine, like, you work to someone else's time. Like, when does the community centre open? When is the food van there? When is the shower bus going to be there? Is there going to be a toilet? Well, is there going to be a toilet at 2 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, that, that can be a frustration. And she was just looking forward to when she would go, go home. home and have a shower. <laughs> um, and she said, well, what about these guys that don't have a, an end in sight? And it's very, very tricky. Yeah, very tricky. So, uh, so your swag is actually a character. Uh, what? Are, tell me about the narrative uh, process that you've created. Well, we've been looking at at the types of. You know, we want to make it real, and we want to get people to ex- as close to experience what it's like, and we wanted to show exactly ah, what people. So have. that's so that's your actual focus. Your yeah. real focus is to try and take the people who are actually watching this to know what it feels like. Basically, what I've created is it becomes a day in the life of a homeless person, even cool. though it's 60 minutes, because we've got them in the morning having breakfast and things like that. So you, you're doffing your hat to Dostoevsky and the li- a day in the life of Ivan, Ivan Dnezovich. Yeah, it's cool. Exactly, something like that. And and just something that's come out in the in the post-production mode, I had morning did you, stuff. Oh, so did you start with that or did you no. have you fallen into it? <laughs> I've fallen into it. Oh, isn't that fascinating? Because this is the beauty of making something, isn't it? It's the... Uh, the unexpected that uh, really takes you by the, uh, you know, you know that really grabs you. Oh, that's what I love about my whiteboard because I can move this from there to here and change it around, and that's what's happened. The whole timeline's been totally changed. All right, so continue with uh, my rude interruption. That's all right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're we're just wanting to show people, and the the thing is, we want to show what the homeless have to go through and what they have to deal with, and that that whole thing of working to someone else's time, for instance. I mean that. That's a totally um, unique thing to the homeless. I mean, everybody else, say they have lunch when they want to have lunch. But when you're homeless, you can only have lunch when the community service well, is, actually, is serving home, lunch. Well, actually, nursing home well, people are in the same boat. True, yeah, yeah. But, uh, and, and, so, and, it's, and it's a civil rights issue, isn't it? It's a oh, human rights issue. Exactly, exactly. Um, which makes, yeah, and if we want to talk about human rights, I think one of the biggest problems we've got at the moment is recently Melbourne City Council decided to make sleeping on the streets uh, basically a crime. Yeah. Which is... Um, but they really care. 
Because you were you were there and I was there, right? And we watched them, and they all all of the ones that uh, put their hand up and, and supported uh, Robert Doyle, uh, it's, uh, they all said, it, you know, they really care. Oh yeah, yeah. They just want them to be somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> One of them even even had a. He started off being his brother-in-law, but then ended up being his brother who had a drug issue, but okay. then he died. Oh well. Oh, you weren't there, right? No, no I, wasn't I thought there. No, how, no, I how convenient. That. I thought. <laughs> Sorry. No, that, that's... But that's, they really care. Well, it's interesting too because, um, you know, at the memorial for Mouse, I mean, yeah. Robert Doyle stood up and talked about yeah. how we need compassion for the for the homeless and we're all in this together and we need to we need to do more to help them. Well, if this is the help you get from him, geez, you wouldn't want him as an enemy. No, that's exactly right. <laughs> I thought actually when I was watching him talk that you, he, he's still a headmaster. He thinks he's he's running this and it's all about him. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's... <laughs> That's probably more than more than it, but um, I just I just find it interesting. I mean, they 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 go with this simple. They did this in the eighties with the prostitutes. Yes. You know, let, let's if you want to look back at historical stuff, and they they said, right, oh, we're just going to kick them out of this spot. So they went somewhere else, and then they well, kicked them out of somewhere else, and went somewhere else. It wasn't until they sat down and actually worked out some legal angles to it, and worked out so actually talked to the to the people involved and come up with some real solutions that they actually got any work done in that regard. Well, the it's same about thing's class, happening. isn't it, really? Well, it's the same thing going to happen with the homeless. Until they actually sit down and talk with people from the homeless world and actually work out what they need and what they want and what are actual solutions, they're never going to get anywhere. And that's the type of thing that I'm really interested to, to cover in, in this documentary that I'm putting together. Oh, well, that's really interesting. I, I, was, I suppose it's another part of the story is that uh, the uh, lack of... Um, uh, the parts of society are actually falling down on their responsibilities. It's, it's, and, you know, and then trying to individualise the problem uh, uh, for individual, uh, making it say, saying, here's this individual who takes drugs or yeah. it's this individual who's as mad as a cut snake or this, it's this individual as opposed to us being part of a society. And yep. it's, uh, is that something that you explore? Yeah, yeah. Look, I think that's that's very important, and I think uh, the way they individualise, like you say, you know, this person's mad or this person's on drugs or whatever, uh, I think is really sad because in the homeless community, there's a lot of friendship, a lot of camaraderie. There's a you know the shared experience. When I come to Melbourne and they didn't know how to deal with me, as soon as they saw my van and said, "Right, that's what you're in," um, I got asked on day one, "Was I an innie or an outie?" And I was like, "What the hell?" And um, what is that? Yeah, well, if you're if you're in a rooming house or a boarding house or a van, as it turns out. Then I was an innie. an innie, yeah. And if you're just an outie, then you're then you're on the the park bench with a swag, or or maybe worse, just a blanket. Or and or, and uh, it, do you actually explore uh, elements like some people actually preferring to be out? That's an outies. That's an interesting component because there are some people because they're scared. Well, some of the options aren't very good. No, I mean if you your option to get off the street is to go into an unregistered rooming house that might not meet fire code and things like that and, and incredibly you, expensive with in, people people everywhere on top of you yep and if that's your option whereas you've got a nice spot where you can get some sleep geez i can see why you'd you'd stick with the spot you can get some sleep so it's very very difficult um there's lots of different angles to it and lots of different and that's what the mainstream media they don't see that they just see Here's a guy that's on drugs that's on the street going off at us and abusing the public. Well, mm. you know, that's not a fact. Well, actually, people who are on the street aren't the only people who take drugs, so there you go. Um, exactly. <laughs> how, do, how do you actually tell uh, – and, you know, 
drugs are bad, you know. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I mean, yeah. then there's another issue going on there too. Anyway, uh, moving right along, how do you actually, as a filmmaker, who, you know, you're in the process of making this thing and it's got to be contained. You've been working on it for about a year now and it's still, you're still moving on the process. How, how do you actually contain it into a shell of 60 minutes? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, well, the things I'm doing is I've planned the different components. So I know for where we did interviews and things like that, we might have got 10 minutes of interview, but I know ultimately that can only be two and a half minutes. Yes. Um, and I've been – so each section will be will be ratcheted down. So less than an overall thing. I don't know if other filmmakers work like this. It's just the way I'm doing it. Um, so I know that these particular points can only be so long. It's getting more difficult. Um, and that 60 minutes is probably – not something that's etched in stone either anymore. Uh, if it creeps up a little bit... It could bit, be a series. Well, if it creeps up a little bit more and there's a serious reason why it creeps up and the content's good enough, then I'll, I'll So you at, don't think about uh, the mainstream uh, time frames. So have time frames for particular items, either to fit into the fact that they've got lots of ads or that they're, um, they don't think people are able to concentrate for that long... Uh, that type of thing? Well, yeah, the, the the thing I'm very conscious of is that it's a bit of a doom and gloom subject. So I'm trying to make um, the interviews very interesting. I've tried to make some of the content more interesting than other stuff. So we've got some dark stuff in there. Uh, the soundtrack will become important. I've got an amazing group of musicians that have provided all sorts of really cool music for it. So that's going to be really exciting to, to slow. I've already got the opening done and I've got a local guy who's been homeless in a boarding house and things like that. And he's provided some soundtrack, which is amazing. And it just changes the whole dynamic of it. And I find that very exciting. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to finish. We have to finish, Trevor. There Thanks for coming in. I'm really impressed with what you're doing. I met you at the uh, at a couple of different events, different uh, uh, demonstrations, uh, the uh, Defend and Extend Public Housing, which is another aspect to this whole range of things. So it's a fine thing to have... Uh, been able to talk to you about your work. And and I think it's worth mentioning that there's a protest at the State Library this Saturday night, uh, the night of the White Night. Yeah, fantastic. Bit, a bit of exposure. A sleep out. A sleep out, and that's in protest against what the council have decided in terms of making sleeping on the streets Starts at eight and goes overnight. Yep, should be very impressive. Very impressive. Okay, so we've come to the end of Showreel. Coming up next is uh, Published or Not, I should encourage you to subscribe because 3CR brings you fabulous material that you won't get anywhere else. And uh, we're your partners in crime, really. We take you through the the world of uh, interesting elements that are worth looking at, like uh, stones in the uh, creek, to feel them and know them and take you on to a more interesting life. So don't forget to ring us up. Subscribe, be part of the solution rather than the the problem. Hi, my name is Rolf de Heer. I don't live in Melbourne. I live across the water in Tasmania. But if I did live in Melbourne, my number one radio station would be 3CR because it's about community and community matters. Now, that was a feature film. You'd already made... Early in the evening I put my stockings on When I get home much later 
I think where I went wrong. Wipe the makeup off my face. My careful wardrobe, a heap of lace. Pile on the floor. Too hard to bear. I can't help myself. I can't help myself to love. Each morning, and go home almost every night. And all my friends will tell me they think that I'm alright. But one more year that passes by is just another reason why I've got to try. I can't help myself. I can't help myself to. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.